Hello, this is Ken, your podcast preacher, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Tossing Crowns or Cornhole, You Decide. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode five of six. Now I feel compelled to rescue those who may want to run outside during an 8.0 earthquake rather than slide under a table. This message is not designed to scare you to action. It's not telling you to become a churchaholic. Nope, it's not loaded with any fear or fearful attempt to move you off your religious sofa. It is designed, however, to break off the thinking that working within the four walls of the church is for others, but not so much for you. Now, if you are naturally lazy, then you will have a bent towards being spiritually lazy. That is, unless you allow God to show you that you are lazy after you became born again. And in response, and in response, you asked him to help you to turn from that sin. You mean I can actually want to work and enjoy it, Ken? Yes. And all the while keeping a good balance between your natural work life and your spiritual work life. Although your spiritual work life will be also in your natural work life. You see, we're 100% born again. We're 100% a new creation. We're 100% walking in the Spirit. We're 100% moving the kingdom of God from heaven to earth. So wow, what should have been the opening or title supporting scripture got pushed down this page rather quickly. James 1:12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Revelations 4.10 The twenty-four elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Revelations 2.10 Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. So you see, you got to get before you can toss. Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary while in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 25. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. 2 Timothy 4.8 Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So you see what Paul is saying here? If you don't crown around, you can receive an imperishable crown. 2 Timothy 2.5 And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Uh Uh-oh, did you hear that? Unless he competes according to the rules. Isn't that what Matthew said when he says, Get away from me, you who practice unrighteousness? They didn't really compete according to the rules, did they? Even though they were gifted, even though they were called to be an athlete, even though they were called to run. They didn't do it according to the rules. We are not absent of how we can get a toss and crown. Just follow the rules. 
What rules? The ones the one who rules wrote. I in fact mentioned some of the things here, such as using your gifts, calling, talents, and personality in the called to position that God has purposed you with. Revelations 3.11 Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. What? Someone can actually take my crown? Does this mean that they can take my salvation? I don't know. Will we see crownless clowns in heaven on the sheep side of life? I don't know about you, but I don't want to play it so close to the line that I risk someone snatching and grabbing my crown on the way up. So let's summarize. We have discussed the four types of Christians that are all vying to enter into the heavenly crown toss. The first, the Christian that does nothing but complain about other Christians, all the while remaining unchanged themselves. Second, the Christian that is doing some of the supernatural things of God in the name of Jesus, but is practicing lawlessness. And they also don't know God, so they receive an eviction notice from Jesus. The third, the Christian that moonwalks away from God eventually becoming what they were before they were authentically born again, and possibly even worse than that. And fourth, and finally, the authentically born-again Christian recognized only by other authentically born Christians and the devil, of course, and that they are the real deal and they have the fruit to prove it, that is, the works. I have supported all of these positions with scripture already, so I won't include them here again. What most distinguishes the real deal from the faker is the works they produce, the reason for the works, and whether they know God or not, not know of God, but are in an authentic relationship with the living God through the Holy Spirit. The authentic Christian lives and breathes Ephesians 4:11-16, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. We spend all of our time trying to grow the church instead of trying to grow each other, so that the church, when it grows, and it will grow if we're focused on making disciples, that we can handle them. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's like we want to win all these babies to the church, but we don't have any parents to take care of them. I call that spiritual abortion. How many Christians have we lost because we weren't in a position to manage the catch of one crusade, for example? Can you imagine if all the churches could catch all the fish that Billy Graham had won? So you have 10,000 brand new baby Christians. Do you think that all 10,000 of those landed in a church ready to make them disciples? No. It's like our nets have holes in it. We haven't figured it out yet. 
You need parents for every Christian baby. That's the way it is. It has to be that way. That's why we make disciples. That's why we equip the saints. So I think we should stop inviting people to church. We don't need to do that. My Bible says that God will add to the church. God was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. The church is just a parent breeding system. It takes a baby and matures them to a parent. Then when the babies come in, the brand new, those who are being saved, when they come in, they can come in with parents who are able to take care of them. It's a simple process. It's just like natural life, only better if it's done right. So this is one of the most poignant, pregnant, and awesomeness-filled scriptures in the Bible. It's the whole reason I breathe. Hopefully, if I have been paying attention, all of my messages will somehow lead a person who believes in God to this one revelation. We need to equip the soldiers, the saints for the work of war, of ministry, so that we can reproduce disciples, little brightettes, to last, to stand and be found standing when the heat is on. Ephesians 6, 13, 14, and Revelations 19, 7. Second Timothy states the same thing right after God tells us who is responsible for documenting his life in the Bible or at least a portion of his life. 3.16.17 All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So how do we equip or get equipped for the work of ministry in today's world? Well, I'm glad you asked. This next bit is taken from my message titled Developing Mission, Purpose, and Goals for a Christian Walk. It has been my experience in the workplace that I see that most people, they take a job because of money, because of benefits, or retirement offerings. Whatever happened to taking a position because it was in your heart to make a difference? If your heart is right, it will not mislead you. Proverbs 16.9 Use the C and A performance measures to know if you are in the right place. Now, of course, you want to give yourself some time to move from a C level to an A level when you first start out. But by all means available to you, do not make your boss have to go through all the trouble of removing you from the position because you suck at it, but are unwilling to leave. You will be wasting their time as well as yours, and neither of you have a lot of that precious commodity. So if you're wondering if I've shifted from the message a little bit, no. I'm talking about being a Christian in the workplace. You should be working at a Daniel level. Daniel was 10 times better. So we should be at an A level in the position that God has called us to. We may not start there, but we should be seeing the progress where we get there. If we never get there, then there might be a problem. We may not be where God has called us. You want to check. Clearly, I read and teach to save you time, unless you too are called to lead others using a teaching gift. So let me teach. Allow me to accelerate your process. The Bible says that God will redeem the time. I can help you because I have spent my life preparing to do so. And my heart is to see you become the best version of yourself before you die. I know no other way to express some of these things than to use my personal stuff to assist you in this journey. I am not advocating that you try and copy my every move. You have to be yourself. But some of the techniques I've used have helped me to become myself. In fact, in the end, I would hope that you do just something, anything, to move in the forward direction. 90 plus or minus people out of every 100 
live life like canoes on the sea. No paddle, no rudder, no cell phone, no Google, no GPS satellite system. They have a response mentally. They respond to life as it happens on its own terms. So if you are one of the 10 out of 100 listening to this message, then let's rudder up. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.